Hello, everyone, and welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast where we review two-sided topics on the minds of college students and condense them into informative, civil, 30 minutes or less in order to create wider campus discussions. Our series presents Long Story Short. episode is on home crafting versus fine arts because as of lately as well as throughout history there's been discord within the artist community as to whether home crafting should be considered as part of fine art the main point of contention between the two in the past seems to be that fine art has been perceived to require more creativity and skill than home crafting so today with our first guest is drew reynolds they are a senior here at the university of utah studying art history and ceramics they also work as an educator at the utah museum of fine arts on campus because of their experience as an art historian and artist as well as his line of work at the museum of fine arts the lines have been blurred between what he considers fine art and craft thank you so much for being here with us drew how you doing I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. All right, awesome. If we can just get straight into it, can you define for me what you consider fine art and craft and how those things kind of overlap? For me personally, I don't like see this distinction between craft and fine art, but I think like generally speaking in like a Western lens, fine art is sort of defined as like painting, sculpture, sort of like those things that you see in museums, like a Jackson Pollock or things like that. That's what we consider fine art. And then crafts are more things like textiles or um, things like um, that you would make at home. Sort of that's the division between those two. And do you think part of it is the prestige of, let's say, oil painting versus using a loom to knit a hat? Yes, there is like some prestige factor, I think. Being a skilled oil painter back in the day was something that um, could get you into a court, like a ancient, or not ancient, but like a medieval king. You could get in good with him if you could paint really well. And so that's sort of like that prestige factor is sort of tied to these more um, fine art termed okay. mediums. And do you think there's any validity to that prestige or do you consider home crafting requiring less skill than a fine art? I don't think that either... T- really takes um, more skill than one another it's like two different skill sets so like to be able to know how to knit is like crazy like that's something i can't do i wish i could do that but it's like a skill that you have to learn and practice at which is the same thing as painting Mm -hmm. um you can create really beautiful works of art both knitting and um, painting since we were talking about you could get into courts with um painting and having that prestige since that's very much part of the past, do you think that that difference between fine art and craft, which we know that we both understand as not being real, do you still think that that's still prevalent today? Yes, I do think so. There's still sort of this distinction, especially in like um, older museums between what they consider fine art and craft. Like you can see that in the way that they display artworks, particularly like you'll have like stanchions um, up in galleries that sort of put things on pedestals or they'll be spotlighted on the walls, whereas uh, more crafted materials are sort of given like second mind. They're just sort of placed in galleries or have uh, something covering them. Just they're sort of not as appreciated in our galleries as 
we should. And do you think that's purely because of this difference of um, perceived prestige, or is there something else to that? Um, I think that there is still this sort of prestige factor playing in at museums. Like, fine arts are cons like worth a lot more money. Um, so, like a Jackson Pollock painting is not is like astronomically more expensive and like a priceless work of art compared to like a bureau that somebody had in their office. And this is just coming from my own experience, so I could be totally wrong. Um, but when I go into a museum, it seems like there's a lot of fine art and painting, mostly from Western societies, Western artists. And if there's any art from the Pacific or indigenous folk, it seems as if it's a lot more of these crafts. Do you, would you agree with this? Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, this term craft is used to devalue a lot of art based on who created it. I think um, initially in the West, it was used to sort of devalue women's work and delineate men's painting and men's like beautiful artworks from like women's crafts at home. But then as the world start to, started to globalize, it sort of became this term to sort of separate the West as like this pinnacle of art and no one else in the world could create it. I think it's really interesting. Thank you. Thinking about it, and what, what would you define as craft necessarily? I think crafts are sort of things um, that are made in the home or made for the home. They're more like consumable objects, I think. So like um, these desks and tables, if they were done in like an artful manner, could be considered like um, a craft. But then also things like knitwear or like um, what we talked about earlier like at knitting a hat I think also is a craft okay and continuing with this example is there any way that a super ornate desk could become fine art not no I don't think so um, these like categories are so rigid like I think p younger people can define it as a fine art object but I think like older institutions um, will still kind of make this division. And so it's sort of up to us to sort of rework these definitions. So I guess I, in the future, I hope so, that mm -hmm. like a finely crafted table could be considered a fine art object. What would you say are the merits of actually selling art with fine arts being largely inaccessible to the everyday person and Etsy catering to those everyday people with more accessible forms of home crafting? I think that selling art is really hard. Um, as an artist myself, I've not, I've steered clear of that. I know that like ceramics for a long time were also considered sort of crafts until fairly recently, sort of daunting to sell art. But I think websites like Etsy and then like Instagram creating these new ways to sell art is making it a lot more easy. You don't have to be like this salesman anymore. You can just post a picture online of your craft or your artwork and sell it to people, which is really, I think, takes that barrier away. You said the ceramics have changed, have shifted from considered craft into fine art, right? Yeah. Could you, do you know the history behind that? Um, I'm not, like, sure of the bra, like, the specifics, um, but I know that, like, it was, like, about 60 years ago is when this sort of changed um, for people. Like, that's when we started to see a lot more like ceramic sculpture being like displayed and a move away from like functional objects. And I think that's another part of craft, um, just to go back to that, is like functionality of mm. pieces also sort of makes them a craft. Um, so that's why ceramics for a long time 
were considered like fun uh crafts because they were like functional things that you would use like a bowl or a mug mm -hmm. and since a lot of what we use on our day-to-day -day isn't ceramic anymore it would make sense i was able to transition because it's no longer um a utensil yeah yeah and i think like just artists in general pushed um against that because mm -hmm. clay is such like a wonderful medium to work in and you can create so many things um so like moving into more like abstract non-functional pieces for artists sort of helped solidify ceramics role as a um fine art i see i see and then can you go a little bit into why you chose to work with ceramics um i guess i was never really good at drawing or painting i'm like a very tactile person mm. and so like being able to manipulate um things with my hands um more, like more directly than like with a paintbrush like i felt like that um really spoke to me as like a little kid and so i've been like playing with clay almost my whole life and it wasn't until high school that i really like dove into like wheel throwing and like can building those are like the two sort of disciplines in ceramics i think even though i do work on the wheel a lot which is like what you would make like a bowl or a mug on i try to make non-functional wares a lot of the time so it's like putting bowls together to make them not functional anymore so i sort of play with this idea of like function non-functional functional objects if that makes sense oh yeah that's really really awesome um just trying to break out of the it seems like you're trying to break these these definitions of useful versus non-useful, functional versus non-functional, fine art versus craft. Yeah. Um, I think that's really interesting. Do you have anything you want to plug, anybody, or anything you would like to shout out? Um, I think just the ceramics department at the university. I've had a really like amazing time with them, and I think they um, meet you where you're at as like an artist. Um, so don't feel intimidated to not take a ceramics class if you've never done it before. Um, it's really fun. I think people make really cool objects their first like wheel throwing class or um, hand throw hand building. So don't be intimidated. It's pretty intuitive once you get into it. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. How would you like to be a part of the Long Story Short podcast? We have this commercial space for your advertisement needs. Become a sponsor, reach out to our team today at contact at ourstories.com. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T -T at O-U-R-S-T-O-R-1-E-S dot C-O-M. Thank you. Our second guest is Virginia Catherall. Um, they are a museum educator, as well as a textile artist, knitter, and knitwear designer. She has been a curator of education at the museum at the Utah Museum of Fine Arts for almost three decades, teaching families, children, and teachers about art in museums. In her art, she's inspired by the incredible, rugged, and sublime landscape of the Great Basin and the Colorado Plateau. She is not only informed by its unique natural history and science of the land, but also its rich history. Her artwork can be seen in exhibits around Utah and is in the State of Utah Art Collection. You can follow her projects at lakesaltknit.com. How are you doing today, Virginia? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, so today we're just talking a little bit about fine art versus home crafting, the differences, the similarities, and overall your thoughts on it. Do you just want to give a little spiel about that? Um, sure, sure. Because, you know, I, I consider myself a fine artist, but my medium is knitwear. And not only that, it's knit uh, that you can wear. So <sighs> I consider it wearable art. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so a lot of times people kind of think of my um, art as craft. There's this, this conception of craft and art, uh, craft versus art. But in reality, I, I see it as fine art. And, um, and I do have a, a pretty firm um, idea in my head, the difference between craft and art. And so I, I, when I'm doing my art, there's a craft to it, but um, I consider it fine art because it's a unique piece created through my creativity that comes into being. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes I do craft where I craft my, my uh, skills by doing other people's, uh, like I copy other people's patterns mm -hmm. in, in knitting. And so I think of that as honing my craft versus actually creating my art, which is a wholly creative, unique piece that I have, you know, built up out of inspiration from other people, but is unique in itself. Okay. So when you're creating a piece of art that is very much different from creating a craft, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you use craft to, to hone your, your abilities. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I see it in my mind. I also see it as even painters, painters who are learning how to paint and they copy an old master, which is very common with uh, some ways of learning how to paint that, when they're copying old masters, they really are just honing their craft. They're doing a craft. They're not, mm -hmm. it's not art. It's not fine art, in my opinion. Um, it's fine art when they create a unique piece that is inspired by others. I mean, it's not like anybody creates something in a vacuum, yeah. but it's a unique piece to them that is has not been in the world before. And that's where the fine art comes in. It's interesting that you say that. I'll be honest, I'm a political science major. I'm not very well versed in art history, but it's interesting because I always assume that painting is always fine art, you know, unless it's like paint by the numbers. But even then, I guess, would you consider painting by the numbers fine art? Um, I would if it's a unique design to the person who created it. Mm -hmm. If it's um, created by somebody else and then you actually are, are, are doing it, um, I see that as craft. Okay. Um, it's... It's, it's almost like um, the conceptual artists that started in the 1960s and 70s, they kind of got down to the essence of it, where they came up with an idea and then craftspeople would carry it out. Um, we have an example at the Utah Museum of Fine Arts by Saul Witt, where we own the instructions to art, and then at any point we can actually create the art. Us creating it doesn't mean that it's our art. It's still Solowitz because he had the instructions on how to do it. Mm. That makes sense. It's almost like a patent. Yeah, it is almost like a patent. It's that it's his artwork because he came up with the idea. Yeah. The idea is the work of art. The idea is, yeah. Okay, sorry, I just interrupted oh, no, you. But... I was going to say, that's taken to the extreme. And and that I should qualify that too, mm. that I think that there's a lot of gray area in between. It's not a hard line. Yeah. So an extreme would be a conceptual artist, um, but there's a whole bunch in between. For example, um, as a knitter, if, um, if you're knitting somebody else's pattern and you want to change something, you change a little stitch or you change a, pad, a stitch pattern within it, or you change the color, you're starting to get into your own art. It's mm. like the gray area, I think. Would you almost say that there it's a spectrum between craft and fine art? Yes, I definitely think that. And that's regardless of medium, in my mm -hmm. opinion. So this idea that craft is, that a lot of society has, that craft is really this kind of 
uh, stuff that mostly women in the past have done, although that is no longer true. Um, you know, that it's the, the textile arts or the, the, the home arts that to me that that distinction doesn't exist. It's really that what we've been talking about, this idea of, of doing other people's, you know, copying other people's work versus your own. And it doesn't matter what the medium is. It could be cooking, it can be crochet, it can be tatting, it can be bedazzling, whatever you want to do. If it's yours, it becomes fine art. I think that's very interesting. I think it also plays well with the idea of like, there's, nobody can steal like an artist, right? Because everybody's inspired by somebody else, but you play your own element into it. I think that goes hand in hand with this definition you have of craft versus fine art, where once you start implementing yourself into the piece of art, and that's when it shifts over. Um, yeah. So I really like that. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to mention it's it really is society that kind of Im has put on this, the other definition of craft versus art. It wasn't too long ago. It wasn't until the 1970s that um, ceramics was not considered fine art. It was considered craft, just like quilting or knitting. Um, and it wasn't until art, some artists in California that really said, wait a minute, ceramics can be fine arts too. And then they elevated it to fine arts. And they considered it fine art. They had put it in fine art shows. And it really took this idea of ceramics as, as just a craft into the fine art realm. And now it's not even questioned that it's fine art. Speaking historically, why has there been a division between those two, do you think, home craft and fine art? And do you think those divisions are still prevalent today? I think that there, the division actually is long, is because of um, uh, misogyny, mm -hmm. quite frankly. Mm -hmm. it's anything that, that women have done historically has been considered a lesser art. Um, that's one reason ceramics was considered that for a while. A lot of the the what society calls crafting, such as knitting or quilting or crocheting or whatever those, those realms that people think of as crafting, and it's considered lower because it's mostly women who who do it. Mm -hmm. I think that it still exists in society today, but it definitely is changing, mm -hmm. especially with um, a lot of um, artists who do you do. This, um, these kinds of what's been historically called crafting and have elevated that to fine arts, but also the breaking down of gender norms. There's so many people who do the these kinds of um, arts that um, are not necessarily female. They're you know male. They're non-binary. Um, they're whatever you know range. It's everybody kind of starting to get into the doing that kind of art. Do you think non-binary folk are instrumental in breaking down these barriers? Oh, I definitely think so, um, especially because they have to be really vocal themselves just to get noticed because our society just marginalizes them so much. So um, when when they're creating this kind of art, they really are saying, no, I'm here. Don't discount me. I, I am who I am and I'm celebrating who I am. And so because they're doing that, it's starting to break down barriers. And there's a lot, a lot of um, really prominent and inspirational and um, really, you know, talented um, people who are are doing this kind of art and make and elevating it. I think that's very beautiful. Thank you. And talking about these people that were historically marginalized and not let into the world of art and fine art, do you have anything to say in regards of like race and nationality into the conversation of fine art and home craft? Uh, yeah, it's um, that's uh, definitely a fraught subject, mostly because. This idea of 
fine art and craft really is a Western construct, and it's something that that um, that Western societies have have created. And part of that is the then this legacy of colonialism that that only the people who are specifically of the dominant culture can do the fine art. And there's been a little bit of a reckoning in the in the fine art and the craft world now that's hopefully going to then spur it on into the future. This reckoning that that we need to stop uh, discounting um, indigenous cultures, um, people of color, who are doing all of this work and are not being elevated like um, you know more white cisgendered people are, and so um, and so there's a lot of, of kind of soul, soul searching going on right now. I think it's very interesting, and you have a lot to do with this. I would say because you're part of the group of people that educate the upcoming generation. Do you consider that a big responsibility? Yeah, it, it is a big responsibility. Um, a lot of what I do um, it, with my own personal art, what I try to do is really think of my art as art. And I, I, I enter um, exhibitions. I, I apply to be artists in residence. All of these things that fine artists do so that it can, the, this type of art, which is a wearable knitted art, which a lot of people say, oh, I can just buy that at the store. But it's not. It's this, it's this one-of-kind unique object. And I'm inserting it into this fine art world, hoping to elevate it. And that more people see it, mm-hmm. the more then it, they'll realize that it, that art can be anything. By you constantly inserting this fringe idea, you're normalizing it until it'll be absorbed into this dominant idea of what is fine art. Would you say? Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the hope, right? Yeah, we're coming close to the end of our time here. Do you have anything or anyone you'd like to shout out or bring awareness to? The the one thing I can say is um, support all the artists, especially local artists. Support people who are doing art that's outside of the box. Art can be, you know, something that is textile, and it can be something that is a performance, and it can be it can be so many different things. And so I just hope people can keep an open mind and really think of art as this unique addition to the world that yeah. artists. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a good day now. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And we're back. No. (laughs) (laughs) Leave that in. Leave that in. Leave that in. Um, Here we are with our panel brought together for the very first time. We're going to go around. uh, Can we get... uh, We're going to go around the table. Everybody's going to introduce themselves with their names, their pronouns, and their major. So I'm Jorge Papichulo Jimenez. Uh, I'm studying political science. I'm a third year. And my pronouns are he, him, and his. Moving on. My name is Haley. I'm a second year here at the U. I am studying electrical engineering. And my pronouns are she, her. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. I am Riley Atkinson. I'm a third year here at the U. I'm studying peace and conflict studies with a double major in sociology. And my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Maya Harris. I am the producer. Um, I am in my third year, double majoring in history, teaching, and political science. Um, and my pronouns are they, she, he. Cool. Benjamin. Oh, yeah. All right. Hi, I'm Ben Moore. I am a double major in political science and peace and conflict studies. I'm a junior here at the U, and my pronouns are he, him, his. What do we think about fine arts and home crafting? 
as a crochet artist, I will call myself, even though I only began six months ago and I'm not very good at it, um, I felt very intrigued by uh, Virginia's argument that um, in order for it to be fine arts, you like change something about it and make something about your craft yourself, you know? Um, and so like, even if I'm looking at a pattern and I change the colorway of the yarn I'm using, but I use the same pattern, is it fine arts or is it crafting? And who knows? No one knows that's the whole problem. That is, a, that is the whole problem. Like why, I mean, we all know the answer to this question about why there's a difference between the two. I mean, do we, do we want to take a look at what we think historically is the cause? I mean, Western ideals of femininity and whiteness, I think, are relatively good. Yeah, and Virginia tied a lot of it to, like, um, colonialism. Yeah. On how the native art or native forms of expression were seen as less than the Western traditional ways, which would be painting and, would you say statue making would be? The Western way, because the Greeks did it. Uh, sculpture, sculpture, yeah. sculpture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I like, was uh, like, for a second, I was like, "What is statue making?" Yeah, sculpt, <laughs> sculpting. Oh. I think the most interesting dichotomy is between what Virginia and Drew see as the possibility of something coming, becoming a fine art, having originated from a craft. Drew had said that it doesn't matter how pretty a desk or something functional can become; it will always remain as a craft. Whereas Virginia said, if you put a little bit of yourself into it and make it unique, that's when it becomes fine art. What do we think? Honestly, I feel like fine art is de dependent on the person who's buying it or receiving it in a sense, because you can put yourself into a craft and it could make a lot of money. And you can also do that with fine art. It's just I feel like when it comes down to like it. It's the person's interpretation whether or not you put yourself in it because I feel like either way in any form of art, you're putting yourself into that art in some kind of way. Whether it's the time, the effort, but essentially the value of that art is going to be in the buyer or the viewer's eyes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. And well, and I mean, and there we can talk about like Etsy, like or you talk to Drew about um, because we have Etsy and like Drew said, we have Instagram who are making these craft, these home crafts more accessible to like the everyday person. Whereas fine art is like, you see it in these museums. Um, and I think, I mean, Etsy has like exploded. I buy everything from Etsy. <laughs> so like. <laughs> All right. I think now is the time to have a verdict. We'll just go around the table. <laughs> Uh, I think everybody has their answer. I think we all share the same answer, but maybe we don't. I say, yeah, I what? think home crafts are fine art. Oh, okay. For me, um, I think it's really dependent on the type of person that's saying it because there's so much going into it, especially people's like social aspect of it, of like things will be trending and then it'll be super popular. So, but I think I'm going to have to say that home craft and fine arts are very similar they aren't necessary they're not like it's hard to define them in a very good sense so i, I want to say that home craft is not the same as fine arts mm, no i'm kidding <laughs> about to your opinion. <laughs> yeah she's not gonna be here for the second episode no <laughs> gone out of here <laughs> personally for me i mean i worked at 
the Utah Museum of Fine Arts with Virginia and Drew, and I would come into work every day. And one of my favorite pieces is a desk. And I would look at that and think, wow, what talent that took to create that object. And so most people, I don't know if you'd see that item and think that's fine art, but personally, I have to go with, I definitely think crafting is a fine art. Um, you know, I think that home crafts are valuable art. I think they are at the same, as a category, at the same value level as what is traditionally thought of as fine art. However, I think that by trying to label them in with fine art, we are creating a artificial boundaries around, you know, like we're, we're, this artificial boundary has been created into what is considered fine art. And so I think we need to break that. I think we need to completely deconstruct that construct of fine art and rather have a discussion around what is valuable art. Ben, the revolutionary. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> really good. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I think I agree a little bit with Ben. Like I don't I genuinely don't think there's a difference between fine arts and home crafting. However, like societal reasons have given us that split between the two. Um, and I think like what we talked about, like technology, um, like Virginia talked about non-binary folks, gender queer folks, like coming in and trying to bridge that gap between what was traditionally women's and what was traditionally men, what was traditionally home crafts and fine arts um, and creating something new and completely different that is both neither nor. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right. With that, I think we will wrap it up for today. And that's been a long story made short. Thank you for listening. Long Story Short is an affiliate of Our Stories and University of Utah Student Media. And please make sure to list our social medias. Our Stories, O-U-R dot S-T-O-R one E-S on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and soon to be TikTok. And you'll also find our handles on the description of the podcast below. Thank you. Special thanks to Connor Nygaard and Parker Service for audio editing. Maya Harris and Riley Atkinson for the intro and cover graphics, as well as the University of Utah and listeners like you. Thank you.